Hey, good morning, motivators. Welcome back to Dr. Drill's Making Motivation Podcast. It is a freaking windy, but pleasant, <clears throat> sunshiny through the clouds type of day. Sunday, the 5th of January, 2020. It's crazy. We're already into that new year. Hey, next next week, or this coming week, I start my uh, teaching out on Thursday. My first day of class will be a lecture. That'd be a fitting day to start it all off with my anatomy and physiology folk. Part two, A and P, part two. So that's easy peasy and turnkey for me. <clears throat> and that once that begins, man, once you get a rhythm with that and you got a curriculum you're following and all that un- unravels <clears throat> in the in the best way, unfolds, shall we say? Helps to run the schedule. I got somewhere to be on Thursday mornings, Tuesday mornings, Tuesday afternoons. That's my Tuesday and Thursday devotion to teaching. It's a little experiment I started about six, seven years ago now whereby I started my master's program. I conducted a master's. I was looking to teach anatomy, right? That's what I loved. Why? Because I had a freaking awesome instructor when I was in my undergraduate days. Uh, it was a woman, middle-aged woman, who taught my course. I forget her name now, shamefully, but she was fucking awesome, man. She made me appreciate it, love it. She saw that I had a genuine interest beyond that of my peers, and so she took a an interest in me. And so, a little AMP romance there, completely platonic. But she gave me the, the enthusiasm and the encouragement to pursue science-based curriculum, and that I could do it, and that it was interesting and <coughs> fulfilling, and practical, and so my long goal, my long-term goal had been to uh, start teaching. Problem is that there's a bit of a bias, like in order to teach college, you have to have at least a master's degree in a core science. Now, I had a doctorate, have a doctorate degree in a professional realm that has a lot to do with science, which is chiropractic. We had basically an identical undergraduate curriculum, <clears throat> graduate cur- grad- graduate curriculum to uh, a medical school, medical our medical counterparts. So, biology, chemistry, or again, pathology, neuroscience disease processes, all that stuff. We had to study it. We had to know it. Therefore, I know my shit. All chiropractors that have graduated school in the past decade onward, (coughs) since year 2000, I guess we could say, know, they know what the fuck's going on. So, uh, but anyway, powers that be were not having me, I, uh, teach college, even at like a local community college in Pennsylvania anyway, 
because they wanted somebody to have like a terminal degree, a, a master's or preferably a PhD, so a doctor degree in let's say chemistry or whatever, <clears throat> for somebody to be a, a um, teaching track PhD. And I did not have that. I had a professional doctorate. So therefore, I sought some additional training because it's something I really wanted to do. My alma mater, New York Chiropractic College, started a master's course specifically designed to teach the undergraduate nursing student anatomy and physiology. Because they all have to go through this, take this course. So therefore, we're going to create a focused master's degree. It's a teaching degree. How to teach A&P to... Undergraduate students. So I got on that journey and said, "All right, if I'm studying to do this, I'm also simultaneously going to be putting that on my resume." <coughs> so managed to get a job at a local uh, university, going to Mercy University. Had a little in there, thankfully, at the time, anyway. And that's what I do Tuesday and Thursdays. I schedule myself out of the office, or at least put myself in in the afternoon after my teaching had been done. And this is my goal. I'm going to create a little, little something different. I'm going to practice, and I'm going to teach. So those who cannot do teach, and vice versa, I killed that demon, and I've been kicking ass with doing my best with it. Now, this is not a major. Uh, well, it's not the lion's share. Teaching does not represent the lion's share of my income. And sometimes there are moments where I'm like... Seldom do I get any bullshit from the from the politics of teaching or whatever, the administration. But every once in a while, <clears throat> I look at the income generated from this pursuit and the time submitted to it, devoted to it. Which isn't a major time constraint, but I think about all the resources that I put into it. And I look at the fucking, what I get out of it. And I wonder if it's worth it, because if you're a part-time teacher, you're not getting paid a shitload. <coughs> but it's not especially hard work. And it's a secondary income. You know, pay for your kids' braces with that, go on vacation, pay off some bills... I enjoy it. I enjoy it also just being diversified. Having diversified my portfolio gives me just a little back burner. I could always, I have teaching experience. I have done this. There's always going to be a need for, for folks teaching in this capacity. Or So then I got another teaching gig at an acupuncture school. I'm doing more of that. I'm actually doing more, almost more acupuncture teaching now teaching anatomy and physiology and basic science stuff to them, but and it's all online, but I'm teaching there as well. So, well, 20, 30 grand a year on top of my practice income, whatever else I do. So I enjoy it. I enjoy the kids that I teach, the young adults. I enjoy the flexibility it offers. 
and uh, that's what I fucking do. I got off on a little teaching tangent there. I, I'm excited about it. I'd like to teach more. I, I believe that uh, with the ubiquitous availability of knowledge these days and <clears throat> trying to discern the accuracy of it, right, the challenge we have, it's, it's great to be in teaching. Uh, a lot of things are going online, a lot of testing, a lot of teaching. And so I wonder, though, what in another decade or two decades, what it's going to look like, what teaching will look like. Is everything going to be conducted online and then you just sit back? I mean, they're going to they have a lot less need for um, teachers to be face-to-face. They can run all these programs online and have somebody monitor them <coughs> remotely, right? Technology is going to allow more and more of that to happen. And it's going to be part of it. Anyway, it would be interesting to perhaps be that individual who's able to run shit remotely and, you know, keep the academic home fires burning while offering that individual flexibility, etc., etc. So I love to teach, and we're starting our semester this week. I look forward to meeting and, and uh, re-greeting some of my previous students that are taking this part two, and I'm looking forward to getting back on campus and just starting the routine in full, right? Because we're just post New Year here. Everybody's still kind of shaking it off. Some kids were off through this past week where my kids had to go back on Thursday and my wife. <coughs> so now this represents the first full week of back to school, back to work, all that shit. Shrugging off the New Year. New Year's resolutions. How are these uh, plans coming along? Well, I, of course, want to get in shape, uh, shit can some of the holiday weight and the nastiness and sleeping in and all that. Working slowly but surely away from that, I uh, am doing a pretty solid routine of uh, intermittent fasting. That is, I'll eat seven, eight, you know, six, seven, eight o'clock tonight. After 8 o'clock, nothing. Of course, I'll be chilling out, sleeping. And I won't eat till mid-morning to maybe noon, something like that. That's a good 16 hours. I'll eat and I'll you know, have two meals, some snacks. I have an apple in front of me right now that I'm about to dig my teeth into. So... That's going to help me cut some weight. Also got kettlebells laying around the house and around the office. Pick them up and do some friggin' training with them. So we've got the fitness piece underway. I also have uh, kettlebells for my kids. i got boxing gloves for my kids. They were duking it out last night in the living room. I'm sure they'll do that again today. Really knocked Sam right in the face. Uh, it's supposed to be no headshots. So, we're cleaning the basement, throwing a lot of shit out, burning. The burn pit was friggin' 10 foot high yesterday, getting rid of a lot of crap. So, I'm looking forward to that.
some current events. Let's talk about some current events right now. There's a big part of uh, the Australian bush. I'm assuming this is like the central kind of arid lands where um, you've got a lot of low-lying vegetation. It's not necessarily a wooded area, but I mean, maybe it is. I don't fucking know. The, the Alaskan bush or the outback, it's kind of like, you know, these semi-desert areas, big part of Australia is this bush where it's vast and it's got a lot of rich ecosystems, even though it's it's not like a, a jungle environment. <clears throat> it's on fire, man. That's fucked up. So science is linking this to abnormal temperatures, you know, well beyond the norm of what they receive already in this very hot and dry area. And just the, you know, you don't got to go if you're already 113, 14 degrees, you're, you're getting closer and closer to combustion. So things are dry, not as enough moisture, drought, fires sprout up. Next thing you know, you got fucking a gigantic fire. Supposedly this is burned, you know, countless acres and maybe half a billion plant animal species have been burned to a crisp, potentially lost, potentially resulting in extinctions. You know, thousands, I, I saw something like 6,000, 8,000 koala bears have perished in this, so that's fucked up. Those things are cute as hell and uh, didn't deserve this. So are we going to say that this has something to do with man, uh, our climate change? Yes, it does. This represents, in my view, and from the knowledge that I'm aware of, this represents... one of those local manifestations or a regional manifestation of the impact of climate change in a similar way where we would get like a crazy hurricane season it'd be hurricane after hurricane or um, a drought out west or something like that these are situations that will occur you know might occur to a lesser extent naturally as part of a cycle of nature or whatever But they're greatly exaggerated with the impact of climate change, and they will continue to be, you know, if we don't throttle back and figure something out. So all the folks that are standing around saying, oh, yeah, climate change, a bunch of bullshit, it's going to affect you in a thousand years, you know, like kind of like, why should I care approach. They're just, it's just the thing right now is to be audacious and to say something that is really loud that you don't necessarily understand fully. I have some friends who do that. Yeah, They'll say, oh yeah, it's my fault because I drive a combust internal combustion engine. I know. You know, I know I should recycle, right? People, some people don't appreciate fully the impact that we have, the notion that we can have an impact on this world, on this earth, on our environment. It's like we have advanced too rapidly. They, they just don't get it. They can't infer based upon the available information that we're in for a tough time on Mother Earth here. So, 
<clears throat> love and respect to all those creatures. Told a little Facebook story about how I visited Australia for a couple weeks, trained in Shoalwater Bay, which was a beautiful training area and lots of freaking jungle and all kinds of critters, snakes, spiders, all of creatures that nobody likes, right? Scared of nine out of the, you know, some shit. The vast majority of the most venomous reptile species on the planet live in Australia. And, well, all those things are dead now. All those misfit toys are, are getting, they're on the ropes, man. They're getting freaking burned to a crisp. So, <clears throat> we should care. Can you, can you not feel the pain of these organisms and imagine what that must be like? You know, we've seen it dating back to Bambi, right? Where there's a fire or there's something going, yeah, there's a fire in the woods and all the creatures just don't know what the fuck is going on, you know? Fire will do that to people too, right? It throws you into powerful force. It'll throw you into uh, panic. God forbid any of us experience that. But when you're in the woods and it's burning up, literally, your home, your burrow, your nest, that's fucked up, man. It's scary. And it affects us all, even if it doesn't seem like it, at a glance. Next current event is uh, Iraq. All right, so... You know me, I'm a former Marine, I'm a patriot, uh, seems to be several definitions of patriot at this juncture, but, uh, mine is essentially is that I'm, you know, mom and apple pie, this is where I was born, this is where I was raised, I love my country, it's been good to me, I enjoy its freedoms, I enjoy... <coughs> <clears throat> Excuse me, just fucking clear my throat shit. I enjoy its many freedoms. <clears throat> I enjoy its landscape. I enjoy its people. I don't enjoy its politics, though. I try to understand and see things from many perspectives. Essentially, what happened uh, this week was that this guy, Suleimani, is an Iranian... You know, I hear about Hezbollah, I guess this guy is, he's behind the scenes in a lot of the antagonism, the attacks, uh, proxy attacks, they call them, right? It's basically, hey, this is Iran, but we're going to train and uh, equip you guys to fight this battle. You're going to go over here, you're going to plant a roadside bomb, or you're going to storm an embassy, or you're going to, you know, put down this, these protesters, or whatever. I'm sure this guy's hands are dirty, it's fucking crazy part of the world, and uh, that guy's responsible for hundreds or thousands of lives lost, Americans included, so is he a bad guy? Yes. Should we go after him? Yes. They assassinated him, basically, it sounds like they found out he was flying into Baghdad Airport, and I guess when just when he got off the plane or was leaving the airport, they droned him and so I'm glad he's dead if he was that much of a villain question is what now you know 
talk about Donald Trump. I just, I hate the fucking guy. Why do I hate him? Yeah, I tend to be more of a liberal type. But he's just a jerk off to me. He's the type of individual, he's like that that one friend or uh, uh, associate or coincidence, not coincidence, uh, um, that's not a friend, but a uh, somebody you're friendly with, somebody in your crew. You go out to, uh, you know, get a bite to eat and some beers and this fucking lightweight running his mouth, you know, being disrespectful to the waitresses. Um, you know, he's married, but he's hitting on girls. He, uh, oh, he's a gambler. He's a fucking, he's just a sinner, just like the type of guy. Get a big fucking mouth, and then <clears throat> he's gonna start something with somebody, get you kicked out of the restaurant, or he's gonna get into a scrap, physical confrontation with somebody, and you're gonna have to be in it by de facto, man, and freaking, you know, get into a fight yourself because you got this asshole with you. He's that fucking loudmouth that gets everybody in trouble and everybody pays for his deeds. So, I don't like Donald Trump. I don't think I ever did. Uh, growing up in New Jersey, he was a, um, you know, you, you knew about him because he was a big shot. It was the 80s, 90s. Uh, we knew he was a rich guy. I knew that he, he had a lot of uh, hotels down in Atlantic City, mostly at that time. That's what I knew. And that he was a fucking dickhead. That he would, you know, that all the hotels closed and, you know, he ran them right into the ground and he did crazy things in business that were, you know, very cold and calculated and something about, you know, a woman's, uh, woman wouldn't sell her home. Uh, and he wanted to build or expand his, uh, his casino empire, so he did something really fucked up, you know, like built the thing right over her backyard or whatever, so it's fucking crazy-ass casino looming, whereas Atlantic City, once upon a time, was, you know, the people live there, it's a community, people still live there, but they're like slums, right, because now gambling has been opened up to Pennsylvania and other surrounding areas, Indian reservations and all that shit. So Atlantic City isn't the only place to go to gamble. Anyway, he was a dickhead. He fucked over contractors. He fucked over uh, business people and everybody in that community, citizens of that community. Uh, obviously, he um, can't keep his dick in his pants. He seemed like the type of person who's never happy with what he's got. Classic rich person who, you know, has everything but is um, just wants more. He's like a greedy fucker. And doesn't seem to care about the little guy. You know, I know he'll say that, and he does. And he'll say that he's a patriot and he, you know, he's a, you know, a proud American and all that stuff. Well, proud American doesn't mean, you know, being a fucking dick face and uh, making unilateral decisions and not listening to your advisors and just being, he, he, he's a tyrant, you know. I, I don't like him. I don't think, I know a lot of people who, I don't, know, I don't think that they necessarily like him. Like, they don't want him coming to dinner, but they like that he's an antagonistic figure that um, shoots from the hip. Is that what we're going to say? 
that he's impulsive, that he does the things that uh, he's, he's anti-government. I don't know if he's, I think he's worse than, he represents all the bad things about, you know, self-rule, monarchy, or whatever the fuck we're talking about here. He's impulsive. He's not the type of guy you want standing on the, on the sidelines of a, of a conflict. He'll do something stupid. And so whether any another president would have killed the Suleimani, it sounds like they would, or they were considering it, but they thought better of it, and he decided to do it. And he decided to do it at a time when uh, he's under investigation for, you know, just the fucked up shit with Ukraine and, you know, pay-to-play sort of schemes, holding up military aid to Ukraine. Just, he just is fucking surrounded by controversy. <clears throat> and it's not just because he's getting a shit deal in the press. He's just, he's always involved. He's a dirty motherfucker, man. That thinks he can do anything he wants. Do we want a president who thinks he can do anything he wants? Who will try to act unilaterally at every turn? Now, I know that there's filibusters and they'll try to stymie your progress and sometimes nothing gets done in government. That's fine. If you want to, you know, if you want to have Donald Trump on your finance, as, as, a, as a president, you want to have Donald Trump as a financial representative, uh, somebody who you can lean on about business deals and try to, you know, maintain that whole capitalist American, um, approach. That's fine. Have people like him around. There's no shortage of him, but he's just a fucking volatile character who's impulsive and who's going to do stupid shit that the rest of us are going to have to pay for. So the question is, what are we going to do now? This is a chess game. Well, we just made a very bold move on that table. We assassinated a guy, and he was like the, I don't know, very powerful man, top of the military brass in Iran. What are they going to do as a response to this? Are Americans safer as a response to this? No, right? This basically begs the question of a, of a full-out war. He said yesterday that he's going to, he's selected 52 locations throughout the country of Iran, including cultural sites, right? So non-military sites, fucking, where there's people inhabiting and there's, you know, important things to the people of Iran. So you're going to fucking, you're going to threaten to bomb all that shit? Imagine if somebody said that to us, like, yeah, well, we've selected, you know, a dozen locations throughout the United States, including um, yeah, New York City and Philadelphia and Empire State Building. We're going to go to Sears Tower in Chicago and uh, museums, you know, Yellowstone National Park, whatever is near and dear to you, you know, the notion that they could, that they would make a, uh, any foreign power outside of our borders would say, hey, we're going to do this, that, and the other thing. You fucking going to do what? You know, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to bomb our capital. You're going to bomb our, um, you know, 
historical landmarks that are important to the culture of our country. You're going to, you know, make threats on whatever, the Super Bowl or, or everyday life of Americans try to disrupt us. We don't appreciate that, right? We, we, you know, this, we're not signing up for that. What would we do? We'd frickin' wipe them off the map. And now we've got such technology, just like I was talking about uh, teaching before. Well, all that face-to-face teaching, instruction, now is going to be relegated to the online environment. We've got message boards and discussion boards and uh, submit your weekly assignments to this, you know, depository and, you know, this is what your grade's going to be depending upon. It's all going to be remote. And so war via remote control is not fucking a good idea ever, especially when we're talking about nukes. You're going to hit hard and fast. You're going to threaten people's lives. People that have... That, that's that's the thing. You know, it's like... You can relate it to the Australia thing as well. Whether you believe in climate change or not, there's fucking half a billion animals that are being... are crispy critters because of some natural force. Some tendency for the Earth to be warmer right now. If we've learned that we were contributing to that in any way, or we could mitigate that somehow, somehow, we would try to do that, right? Thinking about it this way, you know, trees. Once we freaking cut down all the trees and develop all that shit, think of those vast tracts of the Amazon, etc. What happens to that land? Well, with no trees to keep, with roots in the ground to keep the moisture in, and create the water cycle, everything turns arid. And you can turn that vast area, if it's big enough, you can turn it into a fucking desert. Or you can plant more trees and grow it back up and, and help maintain the ecosystem. We're talking about war fighting. Cooler heads prevail. Maybe we talk it out a little bit, right? Rather than um, assassinating people and making threats on... Uh, scores of important sites throughout a country. You know, maybe they're evil. Maybe they're Muslim and we're a Christian nation. You know, maybe they're different than us. Maybe they're brown and we're white. Maybe they did a lot of bad shit. We did a lot of bad shit, you know? Everybody's done, everybody's hands are dirty. But every time we go into the fucking Middle East like that and we kill somebody or we drop a drone bomb or whatever, I mean, we know that these, especially this remote control drone warfare, has killed a lot of innocent people inadvertently in some cases, in most cases, I'd hope. That makes enemies, man. It's not the sort of shit that you want to do. It's not the kind of reputation you want to have over there. You know, you want to play God and say, you know, we're going to do these crazy things under President Donald J. Trump. We uh, dropped bombs on 52 locations because 30 or 40 years ago they took hostages. You know, some, some students took friggin' American hostages. Students who were really, uh, allied to the government of Iran or whatever the fuck, I don't know, oil 
there was something way back when the CIA supposedly took somebody out of power because they were going to nationalize oil, right? I read all this stuff. I've seen the movies. We can't just go around fucking doing what we want. Go into a neighborhood. You know, think about your towns and your surrounding neighborhoods. You can't go into... <clears throat> you know, I live in uh, Telfer. You can't go into Lansdale and fucking push people around and, you know disrespect the community and however and then go back to, to uh, my home in Telford and expect to ever be welcome in Lansdale again like you have to conduct yourself a certain way and we're not doing that man and I'm not sure I, I don't listen I'd love to to really love our government and our president and be proud of it but uh, I'm not I don't like the way that I expect more of these people, of our leaders, and uh, the confidence in our leaders, and especially our president, is very, very low, and it's very antagonistic. It's, it's divisive. We don't need a division. We don't need a president, a figurehead to come in here and tell people, well, yeah, you know, it's uh, those <clears throat> Republicans, yeah, stick with me. Those Democrats over there, they're going to, you know what I mean? It, it it creates this, this hometown hatred that is going to tear this country apart, perhaps in the form of a civil war or something like that. There ain't nothing different about the various people throughout this, this country. We're all human beings. Somebody might be a farmer and live in the Great Plains somewhere. Somebody might be, you know, live in a city, uh, suburbia. We're all people at the end of the day. We have families and we have jobs and we have things that we love and we want to protect help us do that collectively you know we went friggin many many years ago 20 years ago we went into Iraq you know the, the ambitions were questionable weapons of mass destruction all that stuff I mean we always paint the picture that we need to do this now, you know, to justify our actions. But some credible sources suggest that that was the wrong fucking thing to do. It was the wrong fix. We went into Iraq. We there were no mass, weapons of mass destruction. Fucking all this shit was happening over in Afghanistan. There were Saudis who were, or, or former Saudis or Saudi nationals who played out a lot of the 9-11 shit. You know, so it's pretty well known that it was not, that, and then we're just over there, right? The, the war wasn't justified. And then we're just over there, we're committed, and we're fighting, and our military guys and gals go over there, and they perform their duty to their country, and they come back, and of course they're advocates of, of, uh, change in the Middle East and, uh, you know, winning hearts and minds and after blowing people up and all that shit. But that's what happens. You get a mission to go into fucking Lansdale and blow it up and, you know, go extract these bad guys in there. But then somewhere along the line, you, you, you start questioning whether or not everybody in Lansdale is a bad guy. So you fucking go in there, you blow shit up, there's a lot of collateral damage, and then what happens? Once the order is given, you pick up your shit and you move on. And then these people have to resume normal lives. So war, I'm not on their side. You know, I'm an American. If it comes down to it, 
mom and apple pie, our preservation of our way of life. I'll be on the front lines like everybody else fighting for that. But I ain't fighting for this fucking motherfucker, Donald Trump, or any sort of us versus them mentality. We're all adults now. You realize you haven't met somebody that looks differently than you, that, that worships differently than you, um, that just thinks differently than you and been able to to find some commonalities like love, family, kindness. If you can't do that, then you, you're the beast, man. You don't deserve the extra fucking brain cortex, you know, cerebral matter of the, ne the neocortex. You're thinking like a fucking like a caveman or something like that. And worse, you're doing it without considering the truth that our leaders are putting forth for the things that we do. All right, this guy was a fucking murderer, this Soleimani. People said no one will miss him. I won't miss the fucking guy. He killed my brothers and sisters over there, you know, creating trouble over there in the Middle East where, um, where we were operating. We've got American forces over there. I want them to all come home safe. I also want them to just come home if, if the fucking rationale for being over there is false. Same thing with, uh, you know, Vietnam or any conflict we've ever been involved in. Yeah, I'm, I'm proud you're a Vietnam vet. You know? I wish you didn't have to go over there. I wish fucking uh, Donald Trump, bone spur motherfucker, was able to go over there and feel a little bit of the pain instead of reading all these freaking books about valor and shit and thinking that service is, is, so a, uh, is such a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing if, if the leaders that put you into, into action push you around that chessboard like the pawn that you are, if they honor that, if they understand that. The true implications of sending you over there, that you're gonna, that you could fight and die, that you could end somebody else's life, you know, that you could come home in a fucking box. And then what are we gonna do? We're gonna drape an American flag on it and say, oh, you're a hero and thank you for your service. For what? Was your service warranted? Is a question that I had back in 1996, 97, when I was considering whether to stay in and re-enlist in the United States Marine Corps. I had had a great four years, grew by leaps and bounds, many victories, uh, not in combat, but you know, it was, um, it was a, an important time in my life, which is unfortunate because, I mean, it, it, any, don't miss, don't, make sure you purpose people properly. If you're going to send forces over there, you just send 3,500, that means there's multiples, exponents, exponentially more individuals over there that are heading over there or poised to go over there or being told that their unit could deploy because of a decision that fucking Donald Trump made about let's drop a bomb, some fucking um, game, you know, um, video game player probably in the United States flies a drone over the fucking convoy and drops a hellfire missile on these fuckers. Watch what happens as a result of that. I mean, two can play. Imagine, can you imagine? How about this? War has never touched our shores since the American Revolution, right? I mean, you could say that it has uh, as soon ago as 9-11 because it was, we were affected. 
But don't think that this couldn't happen to our population, that we couldn't have, you know, some whatever. However, trains, planes, automobiles, by whatever method that the bad guys can't come and declare war on us and do horrible things to us. And we can say, okay, well, you'll never, we'll turn your place into glass. But that's not before we trigger a fucking all-out um, battle, conflict that can rage on forever. These people in that part of the world, they've been fighting forever. They have conviction. You know, we are very short, uh, we have a very uh, short attention span over here. We don't want to be fucking battling out, battling it out, going back and forth and, and fighting and dying for shit that's, that we shouldn't. I don't want them to, us to go drop some fucking bombs on all of Iran. I'm sorry, I don't. I don't want them to do that to us either. I'm a big boy, I understand. We should prevent them from getting that capability or... But let's talk about it. Let's try to come to the table and, and you know, whatever. the whole All the behind-the-scenes shit that the cloak-and-dagger shit you hear about America is so good at. The CIA and the FBI. Whatever you fucking do. Pay these motherfuckers well to go behind the scenes. And if you take out whoever the hell you want to take out, <clears throat> leave the freaking normal people, the everyday people of Iran, to live their lives. You know, make it so that we don't have to go to war and have some sort of nuclear war and the economy turns to shit and everybody's fucking hiding under desks and, you know, packing pistols because we don't, we're not sure of anything. Shit, we're already about to, ready to go to war with our own population. Why the fuck would we want to be fighting this much? Stupid. And at the center of it, with a huge say in the matter is a fucking idiot of a man in Donald Trump. An impulsive, brash, um, unintelligent, just a fucking used car salesman of a man. This isn't some sale, dude. This isn't buy low, sell high. This is people's lives here and abroad. So let's just fucking cooler heads prevail. It's a new year, 2020. Everybody's being hopeful. We don't need any bullshit. My two piece, my two cents on the fucking current events, right? It's a long podcast. You guys have a good day.